You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. I'm here today. Yeah, she's here again. It's uh, Two weeks in a row. That's like a new record. Episode 392. Um... What is our last dick of the month, by the way? Uh, we have Utah um, dicks. Well, it's not December yet, so we're still uh, I said November. the last of the month, though, because oh, this is November. There's just... It's one month. It's yeah, one but we month. haven't talked about it. Where's about this November's? month? Where's, where's the November dick from? I don't think it looks as dickish as some of the It's definitely not as much as the others. It's very pokey. For those of you that are not in the know, our calendar for this year, 2023, is uh, natural dicks of Utah. Basically, so it's like rock formations. They're all Utah, right? No, they're all. Over I can't the get past the dog. So it's rock formations yeah. that are in the shape of penises. And I have so. chosen our next year's calendar. It is Renaissance cat paintings because people in the Renaissance didn't know how to paint cats. So that looks just like a rock. That one just looks maybe uncircumcised. I don't know. It's not just a boulder. It's a rock. It's a bulge. <laughs> it's earth bulge. Some of them have been very. Very phallic. Very like phallic. The dude who's down in fucking Bryce, uh, uh, um, um, Bryce Canyon. Yeah. I wanted to say Bryce, but then I was like, Bryson, Brighton, no, Bryce, Bryce Canyon. That's the one. Uh, episode 300, oh, sorry, episode 392 of the New Utah podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, excuse sneezing. me. Uh, Thanksgiving was this weekend. How was your Thanksgiving? I was all right. Uh, went down to St. George. Nothing too crazy. To the George? To the George. However, coming back, it was snowstorms the entire way. It snowed from probably just outside of Tokerville till about we got home, like white out. When did you come back? Uh, day after, so Friday. So you came back Friday. Friday. It was, yeah, so that was- Friday snowed a lot up here too all day. That was a little hairy in a few spots and it took probably about five and a half hours to get home because of it. Ew. Because- Parts where we're doing like 30 at best. Well, that's not too bad from St. George, though. Five and a half hours isn't the worst. No. Anyway, it, it was okay. How did your guys think seem to go going we, up to the Wyoming? Yeah, we took a John up to Wyoming. Um, my brother's house is a nice little house. Um, got to see my niece and my nephew and my nephew's half-sister that's not related in any way but was there. Uh, and Apparently my, she comes down with him quite a bit. And my other two nieces, Misty's kids, they're not technically my nieces because they're not married. Because they're not married. But my mom was there with her curmudgeon of a husband. Um, and it seems to be the theme. Mothers with curmudgeon husbands. Well, my my mom's uh, husband isn't a curmudgeon. He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve's, my mom's husband's fine. Steve's a nice guy. He's just kind of an old grumpy. And like, I don't think he likes a lot of people. Can today's be called curmudgeon husbands? Oh, and I don't, I don't think know. he, we'll I don't think he it just likes a lot of people around because like when he, they came here to visit or when they come and we just are like at a restaurant, it's just the four of us. Like he's just, he's, he just doesn't talk a lot, but when he does, like he, he's very especially nice. if you talk yeah. about stuff he likes to talk about, then yeah. all about. but uh, how long were you guys there the whole day or just for a couple hours? Or? Uh, we, we left here about 10 and we're just a few hours. We got up there about one. Uh, and then we left at like 3.30, Because we were worried about the snow. Yeah, the weather. Because they actually shut down the freeway. Like, 
You guys were driving in snow, which is treacherous. In Wyoming, they shut down. They just closed the freeway, and we didn't want to get stuck stuck up there. I eighty in particular. It's not a lot of other roads, but I eighty gets shut down. There are gates at almost every turn on I eighty because they shut chunks of it down all the time. When we were driving up, the signs outside Evanston said five p.m. Uh, until like Saturday morning. And then, so we got closer to Green River. It was seven and then it was nine. So you could tell that they thought the storm was going to be moving around I, those times. It didn't change to nine until we left though, did it? No, the one closest to Green River still said oh, nine. Did it? Yeah. So we left. We uh, just weren't sure. I wanted to leave before four. I didn't want to get fucking stuck in Wyoming. So. No. And just that. as we basically, just as we hit the valley, every once in a while it would just like spit on the car. Like, it was definitely snow, not rain, but right. not enough to, like... But basically, once we were home anything. and safe inside, it started snowing. Yeah. So that was nice, I guess, to Just avoid the storm. weather. Yeah. It was nice. It was good. I didn't have to cook. Um, You know, I love my family, but the turkey was dry as shit. <laughs> um, there was ham, which was good. And the other stuff was really good. Yeah, they had, like, a really yummy raspberry dessert. Like a raspberry His mom does okay with the rolls. They weren't as fluffy as they usually are, but they taste really good. So I like that. Those of us who have been brining for years, when you have somebody else's turkey, it's just... Well, it's just people overcook turkey. You do not need to cook turkey well, as long as you Well, and she's super paranoid about, like, meat and undercooking meat. And so it's like the Christmas vacation where they cut up the turkey. No, it wasn't that bad. It, dust. I mean, it I was mean, It was good, but, like, I don't really put anything on my turkey. I just like to eat it because normally I'm used to right. smoked turkey. And I didn't think about that when I was getting it. And so, like, I would take a bite of turkey, take a drink of wine, take a bite of turkey, take a drink, because I couldn't... Chuck it down. I couldn't get it down. Like, it tasted fine. It was right. good. It just was... And we may good. have second Thanksgiving this weekend. Sean really wants me to cook a turkey, because I don't think... She um, wants him to smoke a turkey. She, she didn't... Specifically. She got a plate from Dory's family, but then, like... She, I, like, sent a picture and was like... She's uh, like, I mean, they, they brought me food, but... um. I want your turkey. Can I come <laughs> up next weekend and you cook turkey and stuff for us? I'm like, sure. And now, but now we're like, looking at supposed to start snowing like Thursday through Friday and Saturday, and she has to drive Soldier Summit Friday through Sunday. So, yeah. Um, so she so she's kind of monitoring. We're just kind of monitoring it to see. She might not be coming up because she work. can't get stuck here because she's got to be at work. So, but it's kind of one of those things like the turkey's out of out of the freezer in the fridge thawing. I can refreeze it if I haven't touched it because I am thawing it in the fridge. It'll be fine to refreeze, um, but it won't last in the fridge for a week. So no. once it's thawed out, probably like tomorrow, Thursday at the latest, I have to make a decision, right? Yep. Like, so she's gonna try and let us know by tomorrow. We're just she's just trying to let it get closer to the actual like days when they know a little bit more. Because like the just like the storm in Wyoming, right? Like it came hours and hours later. If this storm comes like a day later. She's fine. Well, like I told her, maybe we just, I can always just do a turkey for Christmas with our tamales. Yeah. Have turkey and tamales for Christmas dinner. Some beans, some rice. Best of both worlds. Hell yeah. Some tortillas with some turkey. Oh man. That sounds good now. That's how I want fresh tortillas. Um, so our debacle with the dog. So when we talked last week, Phoebe was fresh out of surgery. Um, and, uh, you know, being tethered because she had a bum leg because she got her plates taken out. Just um, one. Yeah, on the right she's side. She's like an 80-year-old woman. Yeah, but she's only four, which is the she's fucked up six. part. No, she's not. She's four. Oh. 
We got her she's after. Four. Yeah, <laughs> she's not six. Why do I think she's six? I have no idea. No. Anyway, um, so we got her plates taken out last week, uh, and then Wednesday evening, she, like, she had been great. Actually, we hadn't really had to have a collar on her, like the e collar. Yeah, she'd been doing really well. And Chris went to go play games with the boys because they couldn't game on Thanksgiving. And I was watching her, and we had dinner and did all the things. And then I got busy, like, paying bills and whatnot. And she wandered off. And I'm not sure how long, but all of a sudden I heard her yelp. And I go in there, and there's blood dripping down her leg. She pulled a staple. She pulled a staple out. So I come home, clean her up, try to make sure she's not still bleeding, get the collar on her and everything. Then we figure out that she can, so we like bandage her because she's actively bleeding. So we have to put a bandage on to stop the bleeding. And then we're leaving the next day. So we, we kennel her on Thanksgiving. Uh, right? We can, no, we didn't. Mm -hmm. Cause we got it all bandaged. We didn't think she could get to it. Uh, we've had the collar on her. We had the the vet look at the picture and they were like, it should be okay. So we, we, we get the cone on her and we leave her on Thanksgiving and we come back and there's quite a bit of blood on her bed. We figure what she's probably been able to do is because she can't really, really get to it, but she was able to get the cone close enough that the cone was like scraping the bandages off <laughs> and like rubbing against it. And then and she'd like lay on the bed and put her leg on it and it would just like. So it looked like a murder blood. scene. <laughs> so we had to like. Like clean. a tidy murder scene, but there was a lot of. So I had to sit there with the hydrogen peroxide. Pour it on, and then we took off the top, and then because we have the duvet cover, and then go through the feather, and it it went through the top layer of the duvet at both layers of the feather, but not the bottom layer of the duvet. So there's undoubtedly some bloodstained feathers inside of our quilt now. (laughs) But you know, washed it all, got all the bed bedding changed, got everything all put back together, got her donut on Friday, um, right? No, because Friday I put up Christmas, and that was. Maybe we got the donut on Thursday. Or no, Wednesday. we didn't. That was Thanksgiving. We got it on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We got a donut. So now Phoebe's walking around with a cone Cone-handed and a donut, donut, and her leg kept opening up. She looks like a satellite. Well, because she had, you know, she'd gotten out at least one staple, maybe even two, but I had ended up pulling one of them because she had broke it in half and it was just poking out. So we were like fighting all weekend to keep her from like bleeding out. Um, and really it's just to keep her from bleeding on everything. Um, Brie gets her to the vet on Monday and she's been battling a UTI. So there's like a her whole other UTI of the year. So there's a whole nother round of like urine testing that we're doing. She's on antibiotics. She has the surgery. We take her to the surgeon. The surgeon puts a bunch of staples in her, recultures her, decides that he needs to put her on a different antibiotic to handle his, which no. by the way. So the reason that she had to have the plates out was because of an infection. When she'd originally had the surgery last year, she got a staph infection and he was telling us that the biome, the old lady, <laughs> the biome that is created around an implant can maintain Hold on to that infection. Yeah. Maintain the infection, but it's not active per hmm. se. And then it will just randomly become an active your body, infection. When your body has a foreign object in it, like a plate, the body encapsulates that object. So it's not like your vessels and veins run through it. Your body encapsulates it in a thing. That's how you get like fucking pimples and stuff. Cause that's your body encapsulating Pushing. something. Yeah. Uh, and so when it does that with, with a, like a, a piece of plate or something in there, um, if there's infection that's up against it, 
it gets encapsulated, but the infection will occasionally leak out. But it like kind of stays in there. But yeah. And so what had happened, the reason that we knew we had to get the plate out is she got a little like cyst thing and she was pestering at it and it was, it started to weep. And so we took her in and sure enough, they're like, so anyway, yeah, it's they cultured it and he's like, well, given all this and the fact that she's pulled a staple and he put like 30 staples in there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there, like there were, I think there were like five before and I think there's like 10. There's now. probably like 10 now. Like he stapled a ton more but the other day. The other thing is, so with the UTI, she was coming up on the last day of her antibiotics and the vet wanted to test it before she was done in case she still had an infection because she wanted to make sure that it was completely gone this time. Cause what she thinks that was happening is that the infection wasn't going away every time. And so Cass took it in for us. And right as I'm getting ready to leave to go to the surgeon, she lets me know, no, the infection's not gone. So I think I have to go pick up another round of antibiotics. But the surgeon comes out and he's like, he's like, what I'd like to do is try and find an antibiotic that works for both infections so that she's just on one so that she doesn't get sick from the antibiotic. Because, you know, antibiotics are going to make her sick. So we have a different antibiotic now. It's only five days. The reason we tell you about how exciting this antibiotic is. It's three times a day, three pills for five so days. So nine pills a day. I have to wear gloves to give it to her because this antibiotic is extremely poisonous to humans. <laughs> the vet, As in it will kill your bone marrow. Yeah. The, the vet said that it will attack, it attacks the white blood cells from your bone marrow and will basically. Just by touching it or? Yeah. Just touching yeah, it. Yeah, so said, he said you can't even just touch it and then wash your hands. He's like, that's not good enough. You should wear gloves. And so we have, I have to wear gloves three times so a day. So I have to get to, some, I have to order some more gloves because Chris has them for like when he does like jalapeno, jalapenos and things like that. And when I cook and when I do. For certain things. Sm- smoking stuff. I use them all the time. And so like we had like a half a box, which would normally be but fine. If through that but many. if we're going through three pairs of gloves for five days. That's a lot of gloves. 30 out of a box of 100. That's a third of the box. Yep. So, so anyway, I don't know how much is left. She's on hardcore antibiotics, hopefully for another week. She'll still get her staples out next week this time. Yeah. Tuesday next week. Um, Tuesday of next week. And you, I mean, you saw her. She doesn't even fucking look like she had nope, surgery. She's jumping all over, running around. She's just dumb. Like, we're at, like, I still have to take her out on a leash because she can't run around. She's not supposed to run up and down stuff. So she's pretty... She's pretty decent. We've had to keep her kind of tranquilized on Trazodone. Yeah, Boone's just totally 100% like, like hanging out up on the table. Right in the middle us. of the table. Just spread out. He was pushing out. the goldfish off. I had to move him because he kept nudging him. And the ones in the open end were getting closer and closer. And I knew <laughs> that if they started, they'd just all go over the edge. He's a and little, Phoebe would eat them all. Yeah. Well, he has 100% gotten on the counter and fucking knocked shit off for her to eat before. <laughs> More than once. More than once he's done it. He does it all the time. He never get like, I come in here all the time during the week to, like, get stuff off the printer or, like, grab, like, hobby shit that's in this dresser here. And he's he's in here all the time, but he's usually on, like, one of the chairs or in one of the beds. He's never on this because we're table. buddies now. We were friends last week. Sitting at the very side of the table. That's awesome. So, you, uh, you had a chicken watering uh, okay. mishap? So, I did the wiring. So, for those who don't know, I did a huge upgrade on the chicken coop this last spring into the summer. So in July, end of July, first part of August, I did all of the the wiring, the new wiring. So I have a uh, 50 gallon bucket with a heater in it that's actually for horse troughs, but it's all mm-hmm. the same thing. 
However, there's been no way to test it, so I, mean, I had it all wired up. Oh, the line froze. So well, so so I had it all on, and we're, we're heading out for Thanksgiving. So I turn it on. We come back from Thanksgiving. It is completely frozen. The whole tank, about halfway up. Oh man! Like so, I'm like, and it's supposed to heat from the bottom. So I'm like, okay, something's wrong. So I retrace my wires, test everything. There's an issue with the plug, so I replace the plug because I. I wired it myself because I had to cut it to get it to the walls. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so I got a different end piece, put it in. Things were working. I go, okay, that looks good. I put the um, heater in the water, and it blows everything, all the circuits and everything. <laughs> so I I do a bunch of stuff. I get that fixed. Every time I put it in, it won't work. So I determined after almost a day of messing with it that the, the actual heater was faulty. And when it hit the water, it would like – Yeah, it would trip. Trip everything off. So I ended up having to get a different heater – Everything is working now, but I was just so frustrated because I worked so hard. That's the worst. To not have to do this because I'm like, I don't want to wait until it's freezing. And you're trying to do it in the cold. And I'm standing out there in 29 degree weather. Messing with fucking ice cold water. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I ended up doing this weekend. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. We get. Sounds enjoyable. That's the worst. That's like putting in a ceiling fan and then turning it on and realizing you fucking wired it wrong and you got to take it apart and Uh, rewire it. In the the middle of the summer heat. I've done that more than once. That sucks. so about, frustrated because I, I thought maybe like because your watering system you've got those lines that go out I thought maybe those froze. No, no, just just the actual bucket itself froze. I thought maybe you were gonna say it's frustrating like putting a light at the bottom of your stairs that three times <laughs> that fucking short circuits on you. Like the other one I really liked, but the LED bulbs just fucking suck. They were terrible. They did not like, and they weren't replaceable. So this one had repla- oh. has replaceable bulbs, but they're like, just regular light bulbs. The lamp's just straight up shorting out. Like I tried to fix it this weekend, like three different ways, and it's still yeah, it's just like that. So on a positive note, the one that I did end up getting because it was a Sunday, I I went to Cal Ranch. The one that I got actually sits on the bottom. Oh, okay. So it's actually a better heater. The other one looked like a big. um uh, what you connect your battery to your car with that big terminal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big round. It looked like that. This one is actually, it sits on the bottom of the tank, and it, it won't turn on until the water hits, like, 38 or something like this. So it's got an internal. So it, it looks for so cold. So it only, yeah. like, warms it up when yeah, it needs to. but it, it'll take the water up to 90 degrees and then shut itself off. Oh, wow. So that way you're not boiling the water. And so that it's only, like, it's it, it's not on constantly to maintain yeah. some temperature. So during the day, it'll shut itself off. So it's actually a much better system and all the, the wiring. But I was just so irritated because I'm like, I worked so hard this summer to avoid having to do what I am doing yeah, in sucks. the snow and the ice and the 29, and then put my hand in the frozen ice bucket. And, oh, speaking of which, how are the chickens liking the enclosure in the winter? Time? They're doing great. Because the snow and stuff, like now yeah. they have a fully covered enclosure. Yep. It doesn't like- get in there at all. They They can be both. They can be inside, inside where it's insulated. Or they can hang out outside. But they've been hanging out outside a lot more. Yeah, because it's been really fucking cold the yep. last few weeks. Yep. So, so they've got the outside, outside, and then they've got the partial outside, uh-huh. and then they've got the full on inside. And the other day when it was twenty nine degrees and I was working on it, there's only about three or four of them on the inside insulated part. All the rest of them were outside wandering. We've been, nice. I've been feeding them our, our pumpkins. That yeah, the Halloween pumpkins. The Halloween pumpkins are, and so oh, they yeah, love they, that. I bet. They've been doing great. So. Are they um, any frozen chickens yet? Yep. Nice. That's great. Nope. 
Nope, no frozen chicken. So, yeah, that's been my exciting. We found a, a fact Brie was wondering as we were driving back, because there's a lot of cows in Wyoming as you drive, and she was like, I wonder how cold it has to be before cows, like, have to go inside. Freeze or go inside. And she looked it up. What was it, like 20, 22 degrees or, or something? 27 or... It's, it's pretty cold before the cow even starts to, before like, they alter start its to behavior. Look for before they're like, hey, it's a little chilly out here. Yeah, before they're like, oh, maybe yeah. I should go find shelter or go huddle up with my buddies. Chickens are about the same way. I, in the past, before I even had it covered, I had some chickens that stayed outside year-round, snow, everything. And just liked it out there. Just, yeah. yeah, never went in, so... I do. I have noticed that you have some chickens that tend to always be inside. They yeah. really like to be inside. Three or four that seem to always be on the inside. Yeah, yeah. But the bulk of them like being on the outside. Uh, a couple events to talk about. Uh, thanks to everyone that did some small business Saturday shit. Um, that's real nice of you. I don't know who you are because I don't know what you guys did. But uh, Asylum 49, they're doing a Krampus thing. Yep, the Krampus Christmas. So it's the same haunt. Except it's... If your kids have been naughty, tell them that this is what happens. So the same haunt, relatively speaking, except they have Christmas decorations and Christmas lights and Krampus instead of Doctor... So if you really like uh, haunted houses, uh, this is a good time to go see Asylum. So December 8th and 9th, 15th and 16th. So just a couple weekends, but that's fun. Yeah. So I mean, kind of different, kind of fun, but Utah loves its its haunts. Uh, And then uh, Rough Patch... Uh, who we've had Rough Patch on, right? Yeah, we had Rough point, Patch yeah. on. Uh-huh. So they've posted, uh, and I sent you the link there. They posted what they are looking for for Christmas. So anybody that wants to donate, just gonna pull it up. Just gotta go through a couple of the yeah, items. like grain feed dog food and treats, which is interesting because, by the way, don't feed your dog grain free unless your vet has suggested it specifically. Because there are a lot of studies now Probably. indicating cardiovascular issues and um uh um. Coronary. Dogs are omnivores. Yeah, but the yeah. So anyway, the grain because the grain free stuff tends to be like really high in cholesterol and crap, which is actually bad for dogs too. It's not just us. Uh, they're looking for pill treats like pill pockets. Um, they or, go through a ton of those. Uh, yeah, because a lot of the dogs are rough patch. In fact, basically all of them are medicated because it's rough at the rough patch. Well, yeah. the name rough patch is kind of a double meaning. Because they're taking in, they take in a lot of dogs. They take in dogs that other people won't. So a lot of them have health problems. That's kind of the whole point. So dental chews, calming chews, Metamucil, which is interesting. Uh, uh, I didn't know you you gave dogs Metamucil. Apparently you can. Fiber for some dogs probably need it. Um, and there's a lot of stuff like blankets, towels. I bet because they're on like, if they're on like pain medications. Dog, dog grooming stuff, ear cleaning solution, dog toys. So like if you've got a dog that's passed away recently yeah. and you're not replacing them so, and you want to donate For example, stuff, when, uh, when we lost Steve a couple of years ago, I'd had diapers for him. So I donated the, I, I, the, I'd gone through a couple of, bags of it so but the one that i had opened i had like two gone so it's basically yeah. full so I, I donated that to rough patch so things like that exactly if you have a dog or puppy pads or things like that that you don't need anymore or if you even just have old blankets you're getting rid of yeah well and they said on their new new yeah. one used blankets, blankets they don't towels. care if your blanket has a weird stain on it yeah dogs don't give if you're a gonna shit. throw it away or it's not quite good enough to donate to like savers just give it to a dog yeah yeah everything's good enough to donate to savers they decide and you can take it to you can get a hold of Rough Patch, or they operate out of uh, Stone Ridge uh, 
vet clinic. Yeah. You know what savers won't decide on for you, though? Mattresses. They won't take those. That's right. That's so one of the if you things. show up with a mattress, they're going to leave it on your fucking vehicle. Ew. DI as well. They won't take those either. The dumb stuff. Yeah, that's good. Also, uh, underwear, but you can just throw those in with the bag of the rest of the clothes. But they do sell bras. They'll sort the and underwear. And swimming suits. Used? And lingerie. Not used lingerie, though. Mm, not I used. Don't they don't sell used I don't used think people underwear. are donating new They lingerie. don't sell used underwear. They don't sell used socks. Bras are different than panties. They don't touch your naughty bits. They, yeah, they, I, all the socks at Savers are new. Yeah. Uh, well, this yeah, is, those are, I think, again, based in packaging. I think what from you're saying retailer. is our, our boobs don't secrete. Yeah, your boobs don't secrete like your butthole in and your theory. vagina. <laughs> you wear underwear, your vagina or your penis and your butthole secrete juices into things that are not sanitary. <laughs> it's kind of gross. Juices. And this is why we're a rated mature. Secreting juices. <laughs> we're going to write secreted juices down. That's a better title. Secreting juices. Secreted juices. Gross. You guys, this is an episode without a guest because it's the last episode of the month. So It's I supposed hope to be Adventure Week, but we were very busy, all of us doing all of our various Yeah, November's things. fucking crazy. So is December, but I think we figured something out well, for December. I think the, what, the weird part about November is Thanksgiving, like there's still almost an entire week of November. We were, we were talking about that. At Thanksgiving, that this one was kind of one of the weird ones because usually Thanksgiving is kind of like the last weekend. But yeah, but like the usually when like the twenty eighth when the month something. ends on an, on the thirtieth, uh, it's on the thirtieth. When it ends on a Thursday, Thanksgiving is fully a week before the end of yeah. the month, right. and that's just, so it's just it's kind of been off because usually you have Thanksgiving within a couple of days. It's December. We had a whole week plus a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like so it's just we're been, we're still. A couple not, days away from, from December. December. Not a whole week plus a little bit. We literally have one week. One week. So it's, yeah, it's so, just a little, yeah. a little different. It is a little weird. It definitely makes. But it, a, it it makes the month harder because you know you, you don't. Well, I was gone the first part of November. I came home. We were. You gone. guys promptly left. Yep. For your cruise. Yeah, it's, it's been a. Been, and then it was Thanksgiving. Been a difficult month for that sort of thing. That's okay though, um, because we still have something else planned that is timely, uh, and is awesome. And we probably couldn't have actually gone to all these places, uh, in a month. Um, and we've been to many of them. In fact, I think I've been to almost all of them right. at one point or another. So, uh, for this month, we're still calling it Utah Adventure Week. Um, but this month we're going to talk about Utah ski resorts. Um, it is one of the main things that define Utah. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge part of our tourist economy. Uh, it's a big part of, of local recreation. Um, you know, we spend time at the resorts and up in the different canyons all summer long. Yep. Uh, and all winter long, they're there for skiing. And so we're going to talk about them. There's 15. Uh, major ski resorts, uh, in the state of Utah that we'll talk about. I should have brought down my laptop. Um, so I've got, so I, so I picked, I don't feel like it, two of the more common ones for most people. So I picked the Park City Ski Resorts and the Sundance Ski Resorts. Did a little bit of history. Sundance. Got a little, what? You picked Sundance? Uh-huh. That's not one of the popular ones, buddy. Well, uh, for reasons because of Sundance. Or just people recognize which, the name of the place. Yeah, which Sundance is actually a movie festival in Park City, and the resort's not really close. It's down in... It's fine. Pro- Non-native, non-Utah viewers will... So, I have no idea. So there's plenty maybe of stuff, recognize the name. I got information and background on those two okay. specifically, and then I've got a little info on the others. On which Park City? Canyons or Deer Valley? 
So Park City, in and of itself, the history behind Park City and how okay. it became a ski town. Because Park City is an interesting place. And yeah. I mean, Park City is the one everyone knows. Should like, we start with Park City then? Um, well, let's go. Well, I think we should go through them all. And then, okay. yeah, maybe we can start with Park City and then we'll okay. work so our okay, way. Well, maybe we'll just run through the list first. Yeah. And then we'll work our way. Let's work our way from top to bottom of the, of the, uh, of Utah, basically. Okay. So from the furthest north all the way down south. Okay. Um, so I do want to start by saying one of the best resources out there for Utah ski resorts. If you're interested in skiing in Utah, Park City's great. That's not the place I'd tell you to go. No. Um, it's the place that people know about. It's mo- the place that most people end up going to when they come to Utah the it first or second time. By far the most expensive place. And, and it's like, it's like Jackson Hole. It's like Aspen. They're very well known mountain towns for a lot of reasons. They have a lot of rich people that go to them and a lot of tourists that go to those towns. That is not where locals are going to no, tell you to most go. Most locals don't go to, don't go up to Park City. Unless they live in Park City. Or they um, get some special there's local passes and Something stuff that like you can that, get, but, but as a general rule, the locals don't really go there. So I, so, but, but my point is go to skiutah.com. It's a really yeah. simple website. Skiutah.com has all the information you're looking for. They have yep. er, like details on every single resort that's in the state. They have, it's actually really cool. Like if you go, so they have, you can go look at like all their ski resorts uh, in Utah and they have a map view. And if you zoom in on the map view, and you zoom in on a particular resort, it takes you all the way down to the ski runs in that resort. Yep. So you can check them out. So it's really cool if you're zooming in and you want to see, like, okay, if you go up, you know, say Big Cottonwood Canyon, what two ski resorts are up there, and you can see all the runs off of them. And what you'll really notice is most of the ski resorts in Utah are basically like one chunk of mountain ranges. Uh, there's actually three basic areas where all the ski resorts are in the state. So well, that's, that's where I got my comparison list from is from that website. So I'm going to go through and just list them really quick. Uh, and then we'll, we'll start yeah. at Park City, uh, and then we'll go down okay. from, from north. So in terms of what ski resorts there are in Utah, there's Brighton, there's Cherry Peak, there's Deer Valley, which is up, Cherry uh, Peak. Of Park I've never City. heard of that. Um, we'll talk about it. It's up uh, in Ogden area. Uh, Eagle Point uh, or Beaver, um, Nordic Valley, um, Park City, uh, Mountain Resort, Mountain Resorts, because yeah, there's, there's the canyons there's and yeah. Park City. There's Powder Mountain, Snow Basin, Snowbird, uh, Solitude, Sundance, uh, Woodward and Park City, which we'll talk about a little bit. That's an interesting one. Uh, Alta, Beaver Mountain, Brian Head. Uh, That's are, where are Sunny 15. and her family went for Thanksgiving. It's Brian Head. Yep. Down in Cedar. So th- those folks that live down in southern Utah where it is a legitimate for real desert, that's where they go because Brian Head's the closest down into southern Utah. Yeah. And so, and the, and the cool thing is like if you, you want to know like the ski reports and stuff like that, like, um, in, in the, um, ski Utah site, you can see the snow report. So like as we go through and talk about each of these a little bit, um, I'll actually tell you what their snow report looks like right now. The reason this is timely is Thanksgiving weekend is opening weekend for most ski resorts or really close. Um, I will actually tell you when different resorts are open as we go through these. And with um, the, the snow that we got and the snow that's coming, it, 
they're, they're, they're all open. But usually, they're not all open, they're actually. Open. Very, many of them are not open yet. Mm-hmm. There's only a handful that are open. I'm uh, surprised. So we'll go through and talk about each of them as they're open. I'll tell you what their base looks like already, all that sort of stuff. Um, so let's start with, okay, we'll start with Park City as a town. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll talk about its different things that it has. So I mean, there's, there's a little bit of history on every, all of them, but, but Park City is one that I wanted to kind of really talk about because one, it's what most people think of. It's where the Olympics were held, all of that sort of thing. So Park City. For, and might be held again. And it might be held. That is true. That's true. So Park City, as some of you may or may not know, as all of you may or may not know, was originally a mining town. So late 18, well, I'd say mid 1800s, uh, when the pioneers came into the valley, they, they came up to Park City to, to build homes, to, to start to build up the area. And relatively quickly, they found gold, they found silver. So it became a mining town almost overnight. Uh, at one point in time, Park City was almost more populated than Salt Lake City because of the, the rush, the gold rush up in Park City. Um, I had a silver mine for years. Yep, silver mine. Uh, and I, I want it, it was gold, silver, zinc, I think a little bit of copper. Yeah, a lot of stuff. So there. a lot of stuff. Uh, 1931 is when skiing officially or unofficially started up in that area. And what it was is it was the miners. They, on their off time, they were the ones that started skiing uh, around around uh, the mines. So uh, 1936 is the town's first winter carnival. And they had more than 500 skiers come to that festival. So 1936 is when we start to see people take interest in Park City as far as a ski resort. Uh, 1941. Pearl Harbor hits uh, because of it and all of the, the gas rationing and everything else. It almost brings Park City to its knees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, by 1949, so just a few years later, all but one mine shuts down, putting more than 1,100 miners out of work throughout Wasatch Summit and Daggett counties. And that, that's the county up in that area. So uh, 1951. There's only 1,100 people left in all of Park City. Uh, they combine what mines are left, which are nothing but a shell, really. They combine them all together, and they create what's called the, the Park Utah Consolidated and Silver King Merge, uh, making the United Park City Mine Company. With that company, uh, they went to the government, they went to the state of Utah, and they were able to get a loan for $1.25 million to start a ski resort because they said, hey, the guys have been skiing here. We have otherwise this town's going to dry up and we've got nothing. Uh, let's let's see what we can do about creating a ski resort. So it's actually the miners and it was the miners and they did bring in an engineer, an outside engineer to help engineer it. But they started putting in ski lifts. They started putting in uh the tram systems, all of that. So uh, by 1965, they they start to, to become successful. People start to realize that it is a ski resort. 1968 is when the Park City West Ski Area, which later became uh, Park West and then Wolf Mountain and then the Canyons and now Canyon Village. Yeah. Uh, so 1968 is when that all starts. Uh, 1970 is when they have the Park City Arts Festival and Park City Main Street comes on the map. Um, 1979, the Miners Hospital that was threatened to be demolished is moved from where it was to um, the Park City Historic Preservation Area. 
by the 1980s, uh, Deer Valley Resort opens, which is what was what used to be called Old Snow Park area. Which is so, and I'll I'll, I'll kind of explain yeah. how this stuff's laid out. No, I'll let you get through that, and then I'll explain how it's all laid out up there. Yeah. So in 1982, um, the first time in over a hundred years, Park City's without a mine. So 1982, the last mines for all of Park City shut down. So there is no more mining at this time. Um, let's see. 1990, Park City Municipal purchased the historic McPolin Farm for $4.4 million and expands the ski resorts. Uh, 1995, Utah is awarded the 2002 Winter Olympics, and more than 40% of the events were held up in Park City. Yeah, and, and, and the Olympic Park is still up there. You can uh-huh. go up there in the summertime and do a lot of the stuff, like tubing down the mountainside, uh, bobsledding. You can also bobsled in the winter on ice. Uh, the Olympic team, a lot of them still practice here, yeah. both for, for skiing, the bobsled run I know they do. I know they do ski jumps here. Um, I know they do speed skating just down at our oval. Yep, at the oval. Um, but- well, we've talked about this before. We're one of the only Olympic um Venues, I guess. That was able to reuse it. We, yeah, we pretty much reused all of our stuff. We made it all into something that can either be used year round or at least used seasonally. My college dorm was built for the Olympics. And the stadium, they used the University Mm -hmm. of Utah stadiums for the opening ceremonies. So that's, that's the University of Utah stadium. So they were smart. They integrated it and didn't build its own facilities in the middle of nowhere that never gets touched again. Well, I even remember like the U dorms, the uh-huh. are the current student dorms yep. now. They were built as the Olympic Village yep. with the intent of being the Olympic Village and then turning into the yep. dorms for the U. And then the old uh, officers' quarters up there, they turned into the like really nice. Yeah. 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 So they were very smart about the did it. So 1999, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I do. President Clinton strolls Main Street and does a, a ski trip. I was there. In Yep. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> you were alive for sure. It made national news, yep. and it was one of the things that really put Park City on the map as a destination because of the President of the United States is going there. To be fair, Park City was already a big destination. Park City was in the same conversation in the 90s as Aspen yeah. and Jackson Hole. Yeah. So I, I remember that, and, and, and what made that so pivotal? Pivotal. I can't exactly Pivotable. say. Pivotable. <laughs> but it name. did, and it changed things. And now now it became the place where... Well, and you got to remember, Park City is known for the Sundance Film Festival, yep. for a, a, a myriad of other stuff that they do up there. It is a resort town. That is the primary yep. income source for people in Park City. So, so 2002, we get the Winter Olympics. Uh, let's see. 2009, they raised over $9 million for the Park City Museum. Um, when did it get sold into the conglomerate that now controls it? 2015. So 2015, yeah. who who bought it in 2015? It was Because basically, so at the time, so Park City Mountain Resort is enormous now. So yeah. it used to be a couple different resorts, but now it's Park City. So it was... PCMR, which is Park City Mountain Resort, Powder Core, Canyons, Quicksilver, all was this huge conglomerate. Yeah, and now it's all one resort. So when you get a lift pass, I, I'm not sure because I don't ski up there, but it's it's really spread out. So Canyons is pretty north is like the furthest northwest, and so Canyons is um, 
right by Kimball Junction, basically. Like, yeah. As soon as you come off the summit and you come into where you see Park City, the first part of the resort that you're going to see is Canyon, uh, the canyons. Um, and then Park City Mountain Resort's right after that. And then as you continue to go like southeast-ish, um, you'll see then where the silver or whatever resort was. And then as you come around the side of the mountain, the back side of the mountain is Deer Valley. Yeah. Which is a different resort altogether. Um, and I actually would, I tend to think that like locals in that area probably ski Deer Valley more. Deer Valley's been closed though. Um, that's what's, that's one thing that's really important to know. Deer Valley has been closed because they've been doing a bunch of, uh, construction. Um, and you, if you go up there, you can see like all the, the crazy stuff they've been yeah. doing with Deer Valley. So Deer Valley had the slalom and the freestyle moguls during the Olympics yeah. and it's still there. And as you go past Deer Valley, then you get into like Heber and you can see like where Sur- Soldiers Hollow is, mm-hmm. um, which is where they did all the Nordic and like yeah. the cross country skiing, country the biathlon where they ski in and they fucking shoot rifles. The weirdest event ever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and like we were, when we were up there at the ice castles this last winter, there were cross country skiers up on the side of the hill. Like that's a yeah. normal place where there's a yep. lot of cross country skiers. Um, so, uh, for those two resorts in particular, so Deer Valley is, um, going to be open on December 2nd. Uh, it's right now, it's only 13 inches of base, but they're making snow. So one thing right. that you have to remember is this time of year, it's cold enough that they're all pumping out artificial snow, meaning they're pumping water into a machine that blasts the side of the mountain with snow, basically. Um, so that is Deer Valley. Park City Mountain Resort is currently open. Um, they're open from nine to four right now. They only have a 17 inch base. Um, and I guarantee you all, not all their runs are open. Yeah. Like no. it's just too early in the season for that. So the bunny hills, the, the easier hills at the bottom, like canyons. Cause usually. that's what, that's what it's easier to put that artificial snow down lower. Yeah. It's cause you don't have to haul the damn equipment and water all the way up the side of the mountain. Um, and the side of the mountain, ten, the top part of the mountain tends to get snow faster. Yeah. Uh, essentially. Um, so that, uh, so that is where those two are. There is another resort up there. This is the one I wanted to talk about because you pass it a lot and you don't always know what it is. Um, and it's, it's right, um, I want to say it's by Jeremy Ranch. And that is the Wood Park, Woodward Park City. And so. I haven't heard of that one either. That's a new place. And so Woodward, um, was built basically to cater to outdoor extreme sports. So there are some lifts, but my understanding is it's a big like snowboard park up there. Um, and I think they have all the tubing there. So when you look off oh, the side yeah, of the road yeah, yeah. and you see that huge tubing, remember where you said they're already snowboarding? That's Woodward. So that area as you get right I said to. They were skiing. Yeah, whatever. Uh, right, right as you get to Jeremy Ranch there. That is uh, up I-80. That is all a place called Woodward now. And it did start originally, I think, as just a tubing place. Uh, and when I say tubing, put you in a giant fucking inner tube and shove you down a mountain, and then you can ride a rope all the way back up to the top yep. and go down again. And it's a lot of fun. It's awesome. It's so much fun. It is not sledding. It no. is so much better than sledding. It's And for some reason, that doesn't scare the piss out of me, but tubing down a dry mountain fucking freaked me out because I'm worried about, like, road rash on the stupid, like, (laughs) fake turf crap that they have on there. It was fine. I'm not saying it wasn't fine. (laughs) I used to go tubing up there when I was younger. It was a lot of fun. And some of them, uh, they tube, they have lights on it, so they tube up till 9 or 10 o'clock at night. 
tubing in the dark is yeah well and you don't because the runs are just empty like yeah the problem with skiing at night is you can't see trees and trees will fucking kill you when you ski into them yeah. um and so a lot of resorts you know they're only up until four or five in the evening yeah, because when the sun too goes down it's too dangerous and some have night skiing but they're only certain runs yeah, and very runs. limited yeah okay so now we're gonna go um, kind of north to south. Oh, let me tell you about um, Woodward because Woodward's new, um, uh, and they're only at a ten inch base. They're open already, ten to eight. They don't worry about the base. It's a lot lower. It's like right up against the the I eighty there. So, um, okay, so we're gonna go north to south. Um, so we're actually gonna go way up north towards Logan um, because we're gonna go to the ski resorts up in the Cache Valley area. There's two of them. Um. Yeah, the dog's fine. Just leave him be. He's just he's licking the bed. <laughs> he's pro- honestly, he's probably licking spots where Phoebe bled on it. Is my guess. So Beaver Mountain is way up north in Cache Valley. If you've ever driven to uh, Bear Lake via Logan, yep, and you go down Cache Valley, and you go and there's this one huge like open flat valley, and there's a bunch of signs about snowmobiles and stuff. That's because in the winter time, there's tons of snowmobilers up there. That's also where Beaver Mountain Ski Resort is. That's the furthest north. Um, so there's a, a ski resort up there in the mountains up in Cache Valley. Um, and Beaver Mountain is, let me tell you when they open. They have not announced opening yet. They don't have any base up there. There's not been any snow. So that's the thing about ski resorts. Sometimes they got to wait and they don't make snow at Beaver Mountain. I don't think they ever make snow. No. But they tend to get a lot more up there. They usually have pretty good bases by the end of the season up there. That- Logan's a much higher elevation, just in and of itself. Yeah, and that's not part of the desert. That's part of the yeah. the mountain range a little bit better. Um, and then the other one that's up there is Cherry Peak, and it's a lot closer to um, Logan. Um, it's really north of Logan, like by Smithfield, Richmond, um, almost up into Idaho, into Franklin there. Mm-hmm. So as you go north on, what is it, 91, I think, that's where you go to get to... Um, Cherry Peak. I've never been to those northern ones. I haven't. I mean, I've been by by Beaver Mountain plenty, yeah. just because I'm, I, you know, we drive by it every year, basically. Um, but Cherry Peak, um, same same deal. They still haven't announced their opening day. They don't have any base yet. Um, but uh, you can buy lift tickets at these. And if you're a Utah native, go to skiutah.com. Watch their stuff because when you're a local, you can get really good deals on season passes at a lot of these places. Usually not this time of year. You usually have to buy them in the off season and then they're yeah. good during the regular season, but you buy them at a different time. Well, but. and a lot of the ski resorts have summer events too. So if you buy this, the season pass, you can ride the gondolas and stuff in the summertime. Yeah. And do like the hiking and trails do, yeah. and, and go up to the resorts and hang out and like Oktoberfest. Yep. And so a lot of the resorts really are a year round thing. Most people don't realize that, but yeah. They try to make money all year. Yep. They should. Imagine that. It's just like <laughs> a business. Weird. Um, also, most of the land for resorts is actually leased. They don't actually own the land. It's usually public land that they lease. Um, okay. As we continue down south, we're going to get into the Ogden area ski resorts. Uh, so the first one that you're going to run into um, going north to south is Powder Mountain. 
Um, Powder Mountain is up in that little, like we talked to, we had a guest that lived up close to this area because there's that lake, um, that Eden is on, that little like reservoir there. Um, and that's closer to Nordic Valley, but Powder Mountain's north of that. You would go through Eden probably to get to Powder Mountain. Um, so Powder Mountain is, uh, not open yet. They believe they're going to open for the winter season on December 7th. They still don't have a base. It's just not had a lot of snow up there. I think this coming weekend, like yes. we talked about, it's Supposed they're going to get some real snow. So, uh, and then um, after Powder Mountain, like I said, is uh, Nordic Valley, uh, and so Nordic Valley is um, kind of the same deal. They think this weekend they're going to open on December second. We'll see what it looks like, um, but right now they're reporting December second for Nordic Valley. And most of these smaller resorts are the affordable ones. They're the ones that. The locals go to yeah. because they're not, they're not as big and fancy, but they're, they're, they're well, and there's resorts. not as many tourists at them, so they can actually ski. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so some of these, like, like you get into Powder Mountain and Snow Basin, um, which Snow Basin is the next resort, um, as you move kind of down south into that grouping, they're all within a pretty close proximity. So you're skiing essentially the same mountainsides. Um, you're just skiing whatever place opened up the resort there essentially right. um and snow basin i think same thing they're they're supposed to open on the 30th uh which is this coming thursday um they already have 10 inches at snow basin they're reporting for their base which is not a lot no nope. guys bases end up in like the hundreds of inches um before the season's over but 10 inches is is okay 10 inches means you're still gonna fucking hit big rocks on the runs mm-hmm. um there's still boulders there that don't aren't visible when they get to their like 200 inch bases um but it's worth worth talking about um so that was snow basin uh then the next ones you have are the the park city resorts that we already talked about so we'll skip past those um i do so they're technically further north one thing that's really interesting is when you get to I'm going to call them the big six, and that is the ones out of Salt Lake Valley, um, up big in Little White Cottonwood Canyon, and then the Park City Resorts. Those are kind of the big six. Those are the ones that people know most often about, although I wouldn't say that outside of Utah, anything beyond Park City is super well-known. So... Sorry, I'm really paranoid that this is going to stop recording, so I have to keep switching back and forth. <laughs> so we'll we'll go by canyon for the next couple because we have two big canyons. Um, there's more than that. There's Mill Creek and some others, but Big Cottonwood Canyon and Little Cottonwood Canyon. So Big Cottonwood Canyon is the bigger canyon for obvious reasons. reasons. It's also the one that's further north. Uh, big Cottonwood Canyon. They should have named them the other way around. It would have been funny. so when you go up big cottonwood canyon you'll first run into solitude uh and solitude mountain resort um is the first up that canyon um that's a a a resort a lot of people like uh, not it's already open um they have a 17 inch base um nine to four for them as well they're basically so solitude and then the next one brighton are basically the opposite side of park city so if you're picturing where park city is if you go on the back side of those mountains, not the side that faces Park City, but the other side, you'll run into, in fact, in the summertime, you can use roads yep. that aren't closed to, to connect between connect all of them, them, like Guardsman's Pass and stuff. 
but you would run into essentially solitude and Brighton Mountain Resort. They also have some hike hiking trails that tons of hiking take you trails. all the way through the different resorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then then you have Brighton, which is the the next stop in the top of the mountain essentially. So as you go up Big Cottonwood Canyon, the very top of the canyon is Brighton. Uh, and then Brighton is, um, I think Brighton's open as well. Um, and we'll talk about Brighton a little bit more in a second when we talk about Alta and Brighton, <laughs> because it's a very interesting, uh, competition with those two. Brighton has a 24 inch base. They're already open as well. Um, Brighton is known as, uh, Brighton is a really big local resort. Um, I don't know that a lot of non-locals ever go there. They do a lot of night skiing at Brighton. Yep. Um, I, that's the first place I actually got to ski, uh, was at Brighton, but it's a big snowboard resort. Brighton is a huge snowboard park. Like tons of snowboarders go up and Brighton uh, is where I went when I was in high school because back then, uh, you could do like a day pass for like 20 bucks. Yeah. And it's still pretty inexpensive. Like locals can really ski Brighton. Like you can get season passes for a a few hundred dollars, um, where you can just go up anytime and grab lift tickets. A couple of folks I have worked with over the years, like one of my buddies, Brenner, he's up at Brighton all the time. If there's a, if there's fresh snow the night before, he's probably coming into work at 10 or 11 because he's going to go hit a couple runs before he goes to work. Yep. Well, on last week's guest, uh, we talked about how yeah. she worked at, yeah. she worked at, at, uh, she worked at Snowbird. Snowbird and then her husband, well, boyfriend at, at, at uh, Alta at the time. And, and there's a bit of a rival there. So, so, and, and that, okay. So that we'll go to little Cottonwood Canyon. So the next, the next probably most well-known resort in Utah is actually probably Snowbird, uh, because Snowbird does a tremendous job advertising and they yep. have a ton of shit. Like their lodges are beautiful. They're massive. Like a lot of these others, like Brighton has a lodge, but it's not as big, but Snowboard has multiple massive lodges like mm-hmm. the And Snowbird's a very big resort. They have a bunch of trams. Um, they really co- cater to the locals. Yeah. And Snowbird's, uh, I, I want to take a minute to, to talk about Snowbird at some length. So Snowbird's open. It's a 29 inch base. Oh no, they're not open. They open on the 30th. They already have a 29 inch base. Um, so they've already got like 30 inches of snow at Snowbird, which I think that is the biggest base. I think it's even bigger than Alta, which is further up the mountain. I just want to double check before I lie to you guys. Oh, no, Alta's higher. Uh, so Alta's at 35. Which would make sense. I don't know how Alta would have less snow higher up the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Alta is above uh, Snowbird uh, in Little Cottonwood Canyon. And if you're looking at a map, um, if you look like the ski runs for Alta, basically where Alta's at, it goes into a valley, the same valley that Snowbird uses for its ski runs. On the other side of Alta is Solitude and Brighton. They're literally on the opposite sides of a peak. Uh, and so there's a big competition between Alta and Brighton <laughs> because Alta, which uh, is open today, is already open. Um, Alta is one of three resorts in the country that is only skiers. Yep. You cannot snowboard at the resort. We'll see if that continues to last. There's been big lawsuits that are still wrapped up, I think, in the courts. And at one point, the courts said no, because you're using public land. You can't discriminate and say right. no snowboarders. Um, but I think you still can ski, only ski there. Um, I don't think they allow snowboarders still. I think they've got an injunction in place still. So, to my knowledge, it's still skiing only. There is a big thing there. And you, if you heard our guest, was it last week? Last week. Last week. Talk about how her boyfriend, who is now her husband, 
let her ski or snowboard, snowboard. at Alta yeah. uh, a well, few essentially times. Down from the peak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a big, <laughs> that's a big deal. Like crossing that peak over there. And this is what we're talking about with the, all those runs being so close together, like all the, the trams and everything. Like Alta and Snowbird touch, right? Snowboard's really cool. Snowbird has something. It's so funny. Everyone's calling you say snowbird, you say snowboard. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> that's probably my stuffy nose. Uh, Snowbird is really cool. One of the things Snowbird has done is they've created there's it's the only ski ski tunnel in North America. It's called the Peruvian Tunnel to Mineral Basin. And if you take the tram up there, you can do it in the summertime too and it's running year round. But they basically And in the summertime it's really cold inside. At the at the very top of the mountain there where you take the main tram, there's like a cafe and stuff, but there's also a tunnel that they've bored out all the way through the mountain to go down the backside of the mountain um, that Snowbird's on. And when you go over there, you can see down into basically where American Fort Canyon is. That's known as Mineral Basin. And there are a bunch of runs that you can take down Mineral Basin, and then there's a uh, like a... a uh, a lift that you can take up from Mineral Basin. So it used to be to get to Mineral Basin, you had to take like fucking four wheelers, basically. Yeah. So they built this tunnel, and so now you basically go. It's I think it's like three or four football fields in length, and you go, you just, and it's got a conveyor belt. So you just step on with your skis or your snowboard, hang out. You can see all the cool like mining artifacts and shit that they've got encased in there for you to look at for your viewing pleasure. You go all the way through the tunnel. And then you can go down the backside. It's kind of like the, the walking sidewalk at the at the airports. Yeah, but it's it's designed specifically because you have skiers and snowboarders that you've come up on a lift of some sort. You're snapped into your bindings. You can just stand on there with yep. your with your equipment. You don't have to get out of your bindings and reset at the end or anything like that. So really cool. That tunnel's awesome, uh, and it connects you. Oh, it's two football fields long. Uh, it's been open since 2006. Yeah, why don't they just say how long it is? That's dumb. Because they want to get, because when you say 600 feet, it's not like people don't grasp, like, but two football fields, people. Most people, yeah, but they just look at it like, like it's on their TV. There's not a lot of people that have actually been to like a big old football field. Either. Oh, I think most people have. Cause think about like oh, everyone went to high school, it. right? So you can envision how big yeah, a football stadium is. Yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> Surprisingly cheap, only one point four million to dig that tunnel all the way through the mountain. Um, it's about that is actually pretty cheap. Four minutes to go through there, um, and so and you can go through like I said year round. Um, they do have the tunnel open, um, but that's a really cool thing that basically gives Snowbird a lot more access to that backside of the mountain there. Before, and can I put this disclaimer in here now because this is a this is a thing that happens a lot in Mineral Basin. Please fucking check avalanche reports. The ski resorts yeah. aren't going to let you go down any of their runs. But what happens oftentimes, because these resorts are all up at the top of mountains, is you'll get up to the top and people will take runs down the backside of a mountain that's not groomed, that's really dangerous. It's totally okay. Backcountry skiing is fine. But know where the avalanche danger is. Fucking yep. have some survival training. Pay attention to the reports because it's really dangerous to backcountry ski if they haven't cleared avalanches or there's a high avalanche yep. danger in the backcountry. Every single year people die. Every single year there's reports. Don's best friend's husband died in an, in an avalanche. So, okay, so that's Park City, or excuse me, that's uh, the big and little Cottonwood Canyon. The next one south is the only one in Utah County. Uh, it's up Provo Canyon, and that is 
Sundance. Sundance. Uh, and Jeremy's going to talk a little bit about Sundance. Sundance is famous for the name Sundance. Right. Um, but most people associate that with the film festival and don't understand that there's a mountain resort. Yes. <laughs> so, so, and, and I just, while I'm on yep. here, Sundance, uh, is, uh, not open yet. It's supposed to open this weekend on December 2nd. They don't have any base reported yet. So, so Sundance, um, was originally started in the late 40s by a, the Stewart family. They were the predominant family of the area. Uh, in the 60s, they built a subdivision called Timp Haven. And a particular Robert Redford, who some of you may have heard of, uh, purchased a two-acre lot. Uh, and then a year later, he bought the entire mountain because he fell in love with the area. And he knew he wanted to make something special. He wanted it to be... Not just a ski resort, but, but more of a community, a special type of community. So there is this ski resort. Uh, and, and by the way, it's named after his character from, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid in the 1969 film. He also, in 1972, filmed Jeremiah Johnson there on oh, basically okay. his property, which makes sense. I mean, it's, it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but that makes sense. I mean, you own, you own the mountain, you might as well. Um, and then yes, the, the Sundance Film Festival, and and I know this is slightly off topic, but because it's Sundance and the film festivals there, I have a few quick film festival things I wanted to throw in there. So the top grossing films to come out of the Sundance Film Festival: Five Hundred Days of Summer. Did you guys ever see that one? No. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-five point nine million. Napoleon Dynamite. The stupidest show in the world. Yeah, the movie's great. Forty-four point five million. You people wasted your money. <laughs> Saw the original Saw was a Sundance. Did you know that? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Fifty-five point two million. The Butterfly Effect. Sundance film. Yeah. Fifty-seven point nine million. Little Miss Sunshine. I knew that one was fifty-nine point eight million. The Blair Witch Project. No, no surprise I there. I fucking hate that movie. Hundred and forty point five million. Um, and then Get Out. I haven't heard of Get Out. What? That movie's fucking awesome. Also, while Get Out was a Sundance film, Get Out is a Michael Keegan key film, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's so fucking good. You really have to watch it. That was the most successful movie in the entire Sundance Film Festival history, 176 million. I do have a bit of an issue with that just because... It was made by Michael Keegan Key and not like before Michael Keegan Key was famous. Like this was kind of his breakout film from a directing standpoint, Mm -hmm. but uh, that's not to me. That's not where Sundance Film Festival, like the origins are from in terms of like promoting like independent filmmaking. Right. So a few other uh, famous movies worth mentioning. Clerks. Yep. 1994 Clerks. uh, American Psycho. Yep. uh, Heathers. The Heathers. From the 80s. I don't know if you remember that one. I watched those ones. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, Garden State. I love that movie. And The Usual Suspects. Brie, do you love Garden State? Never seen it. No, you've seen parts of it. Remember, that's the movie I told you to watch because every single I watched like five minutes of it. Every single moment of Garden State is an awkward moment. Yep. The whole whole movie is just one giant awkward moment. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. So, I just like. Very triggering. Had to throw in a little bit just because it's Sundance. It's so well known, but it actually is. But that's also tied to Park City (laughs) because that's where the film festival actually takes place. Because there's nothing, like if you go to Sundance, the resort, there's, there's really nothing there. Um, uh, okay. So there's two more resorts to talk about in Utah. Um, they're down south. So there's Eagle Point. 
um, is the next one. And then the furthest south that you can go is Brian Head. So these are both down by Cedar City. That's basically where you go to get to them. So Eagle Point uh, is not open yet. They're not expecting to open until mid-December. I know. Brian Head's open. Uh, and then, yeah, Brian Head, which is up above, just above Cedar City, basically. So Cedar City is like this, almost the same elevation as we are. It's higher than we are, actually, I think. With the storm they got last weekend that we were driving through, they got plenty of snow. Yeah, so they have a 24-inch base now up there at Brian Head. My sister Head. was snowing, or was snowing, snowing, was skiing there on Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. So, and they're, yeah, they're open 10 to 4. Brian Head is the, basically the resort mm-hmm. for Southern Utah. Um, I think the other one, I think Eagle Point's relatively new, if I'm being honest, and it's a different mountain, but it's, uh, it's up there. Eagle Point is actually outside of Beaver, Utah. So it's just, uh, east of Beaver, up in the mountains there, right, right by Beaver. Um, so I did want to talk a little bit about, now that we've kind of given you the breakdown of all of them, where their bases are and stuff, there's some cool comparisons for a lot of yep. them. Did you have? So, Kind of. And then that link I put on. Another, it's one of the other Ski Utah things where we can just yeah. do some quick comparisons. So this, so this I have, so I don't know if this, this goes with what you've got, but the, I've got like the best, uh, family friendly ski resort. Did you, is this part of the list that you've got? No, no, no. Okay. Right. So this did also come from the same website. So the best family friendly ski resorts are Solitude and Brian Head, meaning they, they've got the most, uh, kid slopes, that obviously they're just the most kid friendly. They have the. So you're telling me those are the two that I should avoid. Well, uh. they're yeah, they're they're very kid friendly. There's probably going to be yeah. a lot of kids at those. Um, I would also say uh, Woodward Park City is going to have a lot of kids because it's yeah, uh, it's tubing and really small hills and stuff like that. So this one has like this the snow sports academy for kids. So it's it's very. Kid-oriented, uh, young skiers. In terms of uh, routes, which kind of falls in line with that, uh, it looks like Beaver Mountain has the most beginner-level routes at thirty-five percent, and Brian heads at thirty-two. Mm. Um, which which one was the other one you said? Uh, Solitude and Brian Head. Yeah, so Solitude only has six percent beginner routes. Um, I think Solitude has a lot more intermediate so, and advanced, but I think Solitude has a bunch of family-oriented things. So Brian Head only has eight cheerlifts. But it has 71 runs. Yeah, that that's a pretty <laughs> impressive resort from a run perspective. So best ski-only resort is Deer Valley and Alta. Oh, is Deer Valley ski-only now, a, too? Yeah, and, and this, this list came from there, so this is as of like... So, and I do want to tell you, though, in terms of price, so the it doesn't really give you specific price comparisons. It's not giving you the dollar value of the ticket, but... The there are four resorts that are $141 or more a day uh, in lift ticket prices: Snowbird, Snow Basin, Park City, and Deer Valley. And those are the those are those are your expensive resorts. Uh, again, if you're a local like Snowbird and Snow Basin in particular, you can get really good passes for. But these are the resorts that people know from out of the state. Right. They can charge a premium. They do a lot more than just lift passes. You know, it's not. Heavy, like there's tons of like the lodges are full of restaurants and right. bars, and it's right. not like a cafe. Like when you go to when you go to Brighton, for example, they have restaurant, but it's like a fucking bowling alley cafe with yeah. some sodas and shit, right? Like it's not right. And and Brighton's on the cheaper end, so uh, less than eighty bucks. Uh, you've got Beaver Mountain, Brian Head is really cheap, Cherry Peak is really cheap, Eagle Point, Nordic Valley, uh, and Woodward. Those are all under eighty dollars. 
uh, for lift tickets. Uh, and then you have the 81 to 140, kind of the mid-price range. That's where the rest of them fall, basically. So best advanced and expert-only terrain is Park City or Snowbird. So Park City Snowbird have have the most. Yeah, Park City's just got so many runs across so many different areas, and Snowbird does too because Snowbird kind of does both sides of the mountain. Yep. And there's some really steep runs in Snowbird. Yeah. So so those those are you two more advanced. Um, the best backcountry terrain is Alta. Makes sense because you're skiing off the backside of Alta, going yep. down, like I said, toward Guardsman's Pass, which is where you run into Bake. The other side of Park City, yep. essentially. So best ski resort for snowboarders is Park City. Once again, they had the Winter Olympics there, so they have the, the yeah. snowboard runs. And I don't know if I would agree with that. Like, they do have the park, and that's why. It's not the snowboard runs so much as the, the park. park. They have the half pipe and stuff. Brighton also has that. Brighton caters hard to snowboarders. And they have a ton of like really great snowboard stuff. Like they have a pipe there at, at, at Brighton. Uh, also Woodward has been designed specifically for yep. that. But I think Woodward is more, um, they have the snowboard, the snowboard park, but they don't have a lot of runs necessarily. Right. So. Well, see, and also Park City, that's where the U.S. ski team and the U.S. snowboard team train. Yeah. So you're up there with the professionals and, uh, it says that Sean White is. Oh, he's still, he still boards up there all yeah, the time. All yeah. the time. So that's why as you're running into the hoity toities. Uh, so best resort for untouched powder is Solitude. That makes sense. Just where it's at. Uh, Brighton's a really good spot for powder, but you got to get up there early. Yep. You got to get up there early because that's a very heavy local resort. Yep. And then the best ski resort for everything beyond just skiing is Park City because they have everything. They've got High West Distillery. They've got the, the that yurt community. They've got the whole town. I mean, the town is yeah. a ski town, and so it makes sense because there's a lot of amenities there. Yeah. But you are going to pay a fucking premium oh, to yeah. go there. If you want, If you want a Utah ski experience, you're going to go somewhere like Brighton. It's yeah. a little bit cheaper. The The resort itself doesn't have a ton of shit, but you don't you don't stay at the fucking resort. You go to Brighton to ski, you stay in Salt Lake and you do right. Salt Lake stuff. Or you come down out of the out of the canyon and go to Porcupine Grill or something like that. That's what the locals yeah, do. Yeah, that's what the locals do. They don't the locals don't go to Park City. Yeah. Uh, I mean some of them do obviously to just snowboard, but they just go up there and ski or snowboard and come back down. Like they don't they don't hang yeah. out up in Park City. Yep. So those are the comparisons that I have. That's pretty good. Um, for night skiing, um, Cherry Peak is actually listed as really good, and oh. I think they're open till nine. Uh, Brighton has quite a few lifts. I think four that are open till nine. Um, Brighton's probably the biggest one out here uh, in the Salt Lake Valley. So Cherry Peak's way up north in Logan, which makes sense with the college up there. Yeah. Um, let's see what else can we tell you about ski resorts, um, terrain parks. Um, so Brighton has four terrain parks. Park City has six. Uh, and then Woodward Park City has eight. So that when I was talking about the terrain parks, that's your snowboard stuff, basically. Right. So that, that's what I was saying. Like snowboarders, yes, technically Park City might have more. Park City is a lot more expensive. Uh, it's also further away for a lot of people in Brighton. You know, Brighton's yeah. 15 minutes up Little Cottonwood. That's the thing. going up Parley's and getting For those who don't live in this area, Park City's on the other side of the mountain from Salt Lake. Yeah, it's 30 minutes to get to Park City from um, most of the valley, like maybe 45. It'll make your ears pop. But Same for me, being in Riverton, it's it's pushing 
45 minutes to almost an hour. Yeah, and I bet to get up to Brighton takes you 30 Yeah, from your house. And so Brighton is very much like a Salt Lake local sort of place. Um, so, yeah, I think that's good. Uh, in turn, uh, let's talk about snowfall a little bit. So Alta's uh, one of the highest, if not the highest, at 540 inches of average snowfall. Uh, Snowbird, Solitude, um, Brighton, all at 500 average. So that's the thing, like Park City Mountain Resort, 360 inches average. Uh, Deer Valley is going to be right about the same as Park City Mountain Resort because it's basically the, the same mountain. In fact, it's less because it's on the other side, so it's only 300 inches. Um, Powder Mountain, uh, which is up north there outside of Ogden. To, to give you kind of an idea, that's 41 feet. 500 inches. Yeah. yeah and that's that average. 41 feet of snow. That's a four-story that's what I was just going to say. How many stories is that? That's a four, four story stories of, yeah. of snow. Yeah. That's a lot of snow. And, well, in the comparison, I mean, you're talking when Park City is 140 inches less. I mean, that's that's 10 to 12 feet, somewhere yep. in there, less. That's that's significant, uh, significantly less snow. So those Cottonwood Canyon resorts definitely get the most snow, and it makes sense. They also... Look, the reason why people ski in Utah, especially in northern Utah here in the Wasatch Front, we have the greatest snow on earth. We've talked about it before, but I I think we would be doing ourselves and our listeners a disservice if we didn't talk about it in this episode. Yeah. We have the greatest snow on earth. And the reason we say that, and it's a moniker for the state, is our snow is light, fluffy, dry. and dry. And we get a lot of it. So the lake effect from the Great Salt Lake pushing extra snow onto us, it's not as much as you would get from, like, the Great Lakes in Buffalo and Ohio. But like it's Buffalo, like New we York. were talking to that guy uh, when we were on our cruise. I can't think of where he was from, but, you know, he's Oh, he was from the Northeast. He, he lives and, up in, like, New Hampshire, you know, Vermont. We talked about skiing on ice snow instead of powder yeah. snow. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, back east in the Appalachians, they have snow but it's really icy. Yep. It melts and it gets super icy. And here, when we talk about powder, like people don't understand fluffy powder. When we get two feet of powder, you sink two feet into the snow. Yep. You're kicking up massive amounts of snow as you carve it's out the those mountain. pictures that you see. Yeah. That's from the soft, fluffy powder. But that's the best skiing because you're not on ice. Yeah. You're, you're gliding down the hill. And when you're you f- actually skiing, when you fall, it doesn't fucking hurt as bad. It still hurts. <laughs> if you do it enough, it still hurts. And if you ask Sonny Bono, hitting trees are deadly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys had any personal ski experiences? Cause I know no one here is like an avid skier or snowboarder. I skied quite a bit in high school, but once again, like I was saying, back then, you could ski for a reasonable amount. I mean, I would, you could use your, your, um, student ID and it was like 12, 15 bucks, something like that. Yeah, it's more expensive now, but you can still get a cheaper rate by having like a local student. So ID high school and college. So I had a, I had quite a few roommates who worked at the different ski resorts. So they'd get us in for next to nothing. So I did quite a bit when I was in high school and college, but it's just so expensive. I mean, yeah. I mean, to have the snow gear, to have the the board and the skis, like it's a very big investment to get into it. Probably worth mentioning because we're a ski area. There are tons of rental things. Yes, you so can go rent from. I always rented. I never bought my own equipment. For for me, the the three or four times, maybe five times, I'd go in a season. 
just not worth yeah. buying the equipment. And I would, I would say, especially if you're local, don't rent from the resorts. Just no. go in town, go to a place like fucking Milo or, yep. um, and Ski. Places go, like that. Go to a rental place here in the valley. You're going to get a way better price than you will up at the resort. And once again, back when I was in high school and college, you showed them your ID and even at the rental place, they would give you, you got some, a big discount, some yeah. sort of a discount to where it made it reasonable. Yeah, it made it so it was a little easier to do. It wasn't too bad, but it can be super expensive, and especially if if you want to uh, ski up in Park City, which, yeah. hey, it's cool, and if you get the chance, awesome, but, man, it's expensive. Yeah. Well, and it's spread out. I mean, the thing is, like, in a day, are you going to hit all three major mountains within Park City? I would not think so. No. Very easily. You're gonna They're spend, so far apart. You're going to spend a day at each resort, and even at that, you're not going to hit all the runs. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, if you're coming up and you're just skiing for four or five days, and, you know, maybe that's the way you want to go, but you might as well go to, like, Solitude or uh, Snowbird, rather, um, or, like, you know, go hit up Brighton, and then the next day, if you're a skier, go hit Alta instead, or, yeah. you know. Well, and up there, like, where we went to the uh, Oktoberfest, there's some really nice hotels up there. Yeah, that's Snowbird. Yeah, that's and, all Snowbird. And, and they're all, you know, connected, and that's where the locals are going to be. They have nice restaurants. It's not Park City, but it's still nice. It's a little bit more affordable. It's where the locals go. Yeah, they go to Brighton and Alta. Yeah. They don't go to Snowbird very often. I mean, Snowbird's like a nice weekend for locals. Snowbird's pricey. It is. They're, they're up there with Park City in, in terms of cost. Yeah, but I feel like more people still go up to Snowbird. Before they go to Park City. Now, Park oh, yeah. City Park City is fun to go for the day. Yeah. To go up there, go up and down Park City. In go up markets down Main and Street. Stuff. Yeah. Like we talked about last week, go see the big snow globes, all that kind of stuff. But you're not staying the night there. Most locals, you're not staying the yeah. night there. You go well, up there for the day. Yeah, and a lot of locals will go up and spend the night at Snowbird for a nice getaway. Right. Um, versus, you know, Park City. Because it is a That's nice... That's what I'm saying. Like, People... There are, there are locals at Snowbird. It's a resort at Snowbird. You know, some of these other places are, they're ski resorts, but they're not so much resorts. Snowbird's a resort. Snowbird has, you know, spas. Yeah. Pools, a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of bars. You're not going to find that at some of these other places no. like Solitude. Or not Solitude, like that. but like, it's just yeah, Brighton, um, Sundance, those are just ski places. You're not going to see a lot of that other stuff there. Brian so. Head, same thing. It's just, it's just there to ski. It's not a, Stayed, staying destination. Do we have a bird, Julia? We do have a bird. The bird is. I the like bird. how you asked us if we had any ski stories, but oh, then nobody wait, ever you, told the ski story. Well, Jeremy well, said he, he skied. What, what about college. you? Have you skied before? I've skied like three times because you could ski in elementary, and then my aunt and uncle took me once, and then the girls skied in elementary. I know. Yeah, elementary and junior high, they do those ski. Days where the kids they for like twenty bucks or something like that is with the school. So have I told my ski story from college? Yes. I think I've told it plenty on the air, yeah. so that's why I didn't want to tell my I've skiing, never been skiing, I'm lame. Skiing in khakis and a hoodie. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bad idea. I know better now. I learned my lesson. A little frostbite never killed anybody. Never did it again. It was <laughs> fucking miserable. All right, Julia, what book do we Chris. have? To- Speaking of dumb, today's bird is the dumb fuck, uh, also known as the hedge sparrow, the hedge warbler, or a dunnock. Uh, the name dunnock comes from the English word dun, which means dull brown. And these losers couldn't be any more dull if they tried. Seriously, these birds look so boring that it would actually be preferable to watch 18 holes of seniors golf. 
Some scientists believe that they have evolved their drab boringness as a sort of camouflage. This adaptation might help them go unnoticed by predators, but their incessant vocalizations probably do not. Their loud seeps and high-pitched trills are difficult to ignore, even when you're trying. And that's the dumb fuck. All right. Fucking dumb birds. Uh, and our affirmation for the week. Weekly affirmation. Meditation. Also known as shutting the fuck up for a few minutes. That's, that's all the front says. Lots of people say they don't know how to meditate. You are no longer allowed to be one of them. Shut up for a few minutes. See what happens. Yep, that's what Buddha did. Then do it some more. There you go. That's pretty much it. Yeah, just fucking stop talking. I disagree. Sit in silence. Except for on a podcast. Yeah, it doesn't work out well. Yes, Meditating so on a podcast is not, uh, it's not great. Uh, check us out on social media at TNU Podcast. Uh, you can go out to our website, thenewutah.com. And, um, yeah, I don't fucking have anything else. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Let us know what you think. And, uh, have a good week. Go ski or something. 